You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Let's all stand tonight. Thank you for being in Bible study. And uh, we're going to um, just go before the Lord in prayer uh, before we enter into our study tonight and lots of needs that we're praying about. And uh, especially if you would remember Lori Boyd tonight uh, needs uh, a miracle. Amen. So uh, maybe you have a request across this audience tonight. If you want to just reach out to the Lord with whatever, whatever that request is, he's obviously uh, interested in our needs. Amen. Continue to remember the families that have lost loved ones, needs on the screen for healing, um, and what God is doing in, in a lot of the situations, circumstances. God is well able, amen. He is well able to reach down in every situation. So let's, let's pray together tonight. God, we thank you for your mighty power, your mighty presence. We thank you, Jesus, uh, for the opportunity we have to come into your house tonight. And God, we're so thankful that we can call upon your wonderful name, the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're our healer, you're our comforter, you're our provider. God, you're our sustainer, God. You're everything we need tonight. God, we thank you, Jesus, that we can call out, Lord, to you on behalf of individuals that need a miracle in their bodies, God, a miracle in their families. God, we pray tonight, Lord, especially for Lori. God, let your mighty power reach down and minister in her situation, God. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you in advance for what you're doing and what you're going to do. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord and uh, coming and being in a Bible study. We're we're doing small groups here at Mission Point, so all the ones that are joining us in person, ones that are joining online or uh, listening via the phone line, thank you for being part of Bible study uh, tonight. We have been doing a series on uh, a love that lasts, a love that lasts, and we have um, we've already done three lessons, and so we're, we're picking up with lesson four tonight. And obviously, other uh, sessions are happening in the building, grief share, and uh, for our youth and for our children. And so, we have different uh, small groups that are taking place. And, and the, a love that lasts is based upon our capstone project that we did for our master's program. And uh, we have, we've gone through the first section, which is uh, a love and respect of God. That was two lessons on biblical training for children. And uh, then we're in the next section, a love and respect of yourself, and uh, that's speaking about the individuality of children. And so uh, last week, we we did the third lesson, and tonight we're picking up on that second lesson of love and respect of yourself. And so we'll be taking our text from uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, The previous lesson focused on the individuality of how 
each child was created uh, and should be celebrated. So we're, we're not all made with uh, the same cookie cutter. We, we have our individuality, and that should be celebrated. Uh, remember, it's God that created us. God is the one who created us. And so uh, we're made in his image. So tonight, the lesson will focus on, on the individuality of that new creation that Paul talks about uh, in Ephesians, and that new creation that is for each person. When, um, when he creates in us something new, again, he doesn't do it the same. We're all individuals. All individuals. So he has a new creation for each person. He uses the word uh, poema, meaning we are the Lord's making. Uh, That is, we are created or formed by him. Not only in a general sense, as you see, obviously, around you, uh, that we we are human beings, but in which all things are made by him, uh, everything obviously is made by the Lord. So it's not talking about that general sense, but a special sense in which uh, is, de- is denoted by our new creation. So when we gave our hearts to the Lord, not only were we uh, with our own individualities as a person from God's creation of us as, as uh, being born, but there's something also spectacular in each of us when we're born again. Again, he doesn't make us all the same. Yes, we're baptized into the body by the same Spirit. We're filled with the same Holy Ghost. Uh, yes, we are, um, we are saved by the same power of the cross and the, the cleansing of his precious blood. But he doesn't bring us all into uniformity of being the same person, even in our new creation. We all have talents. We all have our own abilities. We all have our own strengths. We all have our own individuality. And so uh, Dobson, uh, in his book, The New Strong-Willed Child, uh, speaks about steps to, to shape a child's will. Uh, and those six steps are as follows. And this is going to be uh, how we will spiritualize how this affects us as individuals. So even from a child, and, and this, is, this is a well-known book by, by Dobson, The Strong-Willed Child, uh, and, and he gives us the six steps. First of all, step one, uh, begin teaching respect for authority while children are very young. Uh, there, you can see a breakdown uh, in our society today in this area where there's lack of respect for uh, maybe the bus driver and a lack of respect for the teachers and a lack of respect for maybe uh, uh, police and, and people who are in position. And you see the breakdown in our society of that not being recognized. Uh, well, it's, it's really no different in our new creation. There's a respect level that's brought um, uh, obviously, if your, your, your children are in the Sunday school class, you want to teach your children to respect the ones that are taking time, volunteering their time, uh, and teaching children on a weekly basis, preparing throughout the week, taking their time, and imparting into the children. You're wanting to, obviously, build a respect from a young age. Um, 
I don't know what it was like for you, but if I got in trouble on the bus, it was worse when I got home than the trouble on the bus. We were the last stop, and my dad knew the bus driver. And I remember on one occasion, it only happened once because I made sure it would never happen again, um, that um, our, our bus ride, was, so we were the first ones picked up in the morning, and the last ones dropped off at night. So that's a long time, an hour and a half each way on the bus. So that's, that's a long time to be mischievous. And so I, I don't even remember what I did. I just remember Herb, that was his name, uh, walking into the house after he dropped us off at the last stop to allow my dad to know that um, something wasn't quite right in my behavior. And my dad didn't uh, automatically assume that I was innocent and, you know, Herb must be making this up. And no, it wasn't that way at all. There was a level of respect that was taught that, you know what, uh, Herb's in authority. Uh, he's driving that bus. He's trying to keep all the children safe. He's trying to keep you safe. Uh, and uh, whatever it was, was corrected. That's all I remember. Number two, define boundaries before they are enforced. Uh, it's, uh, again, this is, we do this with children. It's, it's hard to enforce boundaries that they don't know our boundaries. So defining the boundaries before they are enforced, no different with a new creation. You can't expect people to understand things that haven't been taught. It's, it's no different with our new creation. So these are... Uh, these are steps that are put uh, out by uh, Dobson. Number three, distinguish between willful defiance and childish irresponsibility. And uh, you're, you're able to, as a parent, figure out, okay, if this, is this automatically just willful, uh, willful or is this, uh, is this because the person is a child? They don't understand. They're not, they're not responsible at this age. They need to be taught. So, again, uh, it's no different with new creation. You're going to have, you're going to have new, new uh, Christians that come to the Lord, and, and, and sometimes things are happening in people's lives, not because they're automatically trying to be sinful. It may be a lack of understanding, hasn't been taught, or don't understand yet um, maybe the right and wrong. And, and God leads through His Spirit. You get to see how these, these go together. Number four, reassure and teach after confrontation is over. Uh, so it's, it's not just about making the correction, but also after the fact. Teaching why. Why was that wrong? Okay? Don't, um, don't uh, uh, take and, and push things into the, the, the electrical plugs. All right? Well, it's good to not only tell the child not to do that, but explain, you know, to make your hair all frizzy, maybe. Whatever the reassurance needs to be to help them understand that's not a good idea. Not a good idea. Uh, number five, avoid impossible demands. So, uh, it's with, the ch with children, that's, it's very important. It's impossible sometimes for what adults can do children can't accomplish, 
Okay, and so understanding that. That's no different with new creation. Um, you know, sometimes even in our churches, uh, our language, words that we use uh, that we may know uh, over being in church for a long length of time, we may know what certain things mean or what they represent, but that doesn't mean uh, or uh, mean automatically that people who are just being converted, just, just coming to the Lord, understand. And so when you say words like sanctification and, 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 and things like that may not automatically have an understanding of what those words may represent. Well, it's the same with children. Children may not automatically uh, be able to do all the demands that are given to them. And obviously, number six, let love be your guide. Uh, with our children, that should be our guide. Uh, everything that's expected, everything that's taught, every boundary, every, every uh, uh, position of authority, every, everything that's being reassured after confrontation, every demand that's put out, everything should be guided by love. Guided by love. No different with new creation. People who have just had a transformation in their life spiritually, everybody needs to be guided by love. Guided by love. There's going to be lots of things that are done that are mistakes by children. Lots of things that are done that are mistakes by new converts. It's got to be guided by love. Everything. So you get to see the individuality of a child uh, naturally and spiritually. These steps form the foundation for healthy parent-child relationships. If this is the case in the natural sense, then we understand how these same types of steps will create uh, a healthy child-God relationship as well. So you can get to see the connection. See, in a spiritual capacity... These steps may include teaching the child respect for the house of God, uh, the man of God, uh, setting boundaries for uh, concerning church, whether it pertains to attendance or involvement or whatever, uh, distinguishing childlike behavior and reassuring that God understands childlike faith, avoiding impossible spiritual expectations of the child, and of course, letting love be the guide to all steps. So then... We also get to see what should be expected of an actual child in church and also a person that's new to the house of the Lord. And they all fall into being. I, I, I think we sometimes have expectations that are not reasonable. That's why, you know, um, yes, we want our children to learn to respect the house of God. We want our children to learn to uh, respect the man of God. We want our children to learn the importance of being in the house of God and being in the altar and, and, and respecting their, their children's ministry teachers and their youth leaders and, and, and being uh, involved and, and on time for music. And we, we want all of that, but there also needs to be an understanding and expectation that is reasonable. Is that all right? You know, sometimes um, someone may show up late for church because they just got home from work. So we could say, you know what, you were late for church. Or we could say, man, I'm so glad that you still came to church 
and you just got home from work. It's all about, it's all about the approach, isn't it? Uh, understanding, being, being reasonable with expectation. Dobson states that the importance of shaping a child's will while protecting the child's spirit. And so this is really the root of tonight's lesson. Shaping the child's will in these areas, but not breaking their spirit. Uh, there, there's a lot of times that the spirit of a child's broken, and it is damaging for the rest of their life. We're going to talk about that a little bit here. There's a great distinction between the will and spirit. See, the will represents one's deeply ingrained desire to have his or her way. That's the will. Um, I mean, you, you see it in all children. You may have to multiple times tell them not to touch the, the glass vase on the coffee table. And because you told them not to, then they have the urge to do it. Or, you know what? We don't want you going up and down the stairs. You might fall. Where do you think the first place they're going to go to? I mean, of all the rest of the house to go, the first place. I remember, um, and of course, we, we went through this with our children. And the first one, remember, I told you this. The first one, I mean, they're just like in a bubble. So we got the gate at the top of the stairs and got that fixed properly, I thought. And uh, Miko climbed up against the gate and leaned against it, and the gate went flying, and he went flying downstairs. So we decided to remove the gate and just teach them how to go up and downstairs. That's what we decided. I don't remember there ever being a gate for the other two. Um, their will. They have, they have a desire to have their way. I mean, that's natural. God made them that way. The intensity of this passion for independence, of course, varies from person to person and can be fully operational at birth. I mean, have you ever seen, like, a month old that you're trying to hold to burp and they're pushing back or I mean they learned it at a very young age I can just see how that's gonna look on video it's one of those things you don't dare watch without sound it can be fully operational right from birth where the will has been created obviously uh, Kodalak, he shared an article in the Chicago uh, Tribune by uh, um, a psychologist, Amanda Woodward, uh, concluding that long before the child can talk, he or she is able to size up adults and learn how to interact with them to get his or her advantage. They know how to do that before they can tell you what they're doing. Uh, this is something that's built in them. The will is built in them from birth. That's not a bad thing. Okay, that's how we're created. The spirit, on the other hand, is very delicate. 
It reflects the self-concept or the sense of worthiness that a child feels. It is vulnerable to rejection or ridicule and failure, according to Dobson. A parent can contribute to a successful relationship by setting reasonable boundaries in advance and then enforcing them with love while avoiding any implications that a child is unwanted, unnecessary, foolish, burdensome, or embarrassing. I'm just giving you a few words. There's many more words than that. But when you as a parent or a grandparent, or maybe it's been said to you that you're an embarrassment to the family, you're a burden to the family, never wanted you anyway, that affects you for a long, long time. Ridicule. You know what? You never do anything right. Um, rejection or failure. Everything you do just seems to be a mistake. Uh, you know, people are talked to that way. And unfortunately, uh, in counseling, it comes out. It comes out that, okay, this is, this is how people were talked to as a child. It affects their adult life when they hear as a child, especially in those first five years, when 70% of everything they learn is by age five. When they hear things like, you're being foolish, or you're, that's unnecessary, or you're a burden, or you're an embarrassment to us, um, that affects people for the rest of their life at times until they can come to an understanding and have healing from that. So your spirit is very delicate in contrast to the will. So the will is there from birth. And, and, and the affirmation and, the, and the, the encouragement and letting them know through love that they can accomplish and they can do what's necessary and they're going to work it out. And you know what? You try enough times getting up, uh, you're going to be able to walk from that chair. And, oh, that was a good job. You made two steps. And, 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 and it, there's a whole different approach in just how a person is talked to. You say, well, you know, they're only a year old. They don't understand. Let me tell you, it is being heard. It's being heard. Well, that's in the natural sense. Guess what? It's really no different in the spiritual. The spiritual sense of how people are talked to when they come to the Lord, they're new in the church, how they're uh, developing in their Christian walk, how, how people talk to them can affect how their spirituality turns out for the rest of their lives. So you get to see how there's... A correlation between how a child is treated in an early age and also uh, with a, a new convert. And so this, obviously this capstone is based upon children. But there is such a connection with how we are individuals in our walk with God. Now on the other hand, if you come from a very affirming family and a, a, a setting where uh, you, you feel confident that you're going to be taught and, 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 
even if you make a mistake, it's going to be showed how not to have that happen again with, with a loving attitude and a loving spirit. Listen, there's, there's something that's built in that type of setting that, I mean, people like that can conquer the world because there's a confidence that's built from an early age. I, I think back, did you ever do things when you were little that you'd be scared to do, you're scared to let your kids do? Yeah, that's, so, you know, I, I, rem, I remember my dad, my dad was such a wonderful trainer in all areas of my life. I think he understood the power of leverage, and if he could get it into my head and into my spirit to, to be a worker, then, you know, that's going to help him in the long run. And so my dad took me at a very early age, and I remember milking my first cow at the age of five. And I think of sitting you know, basically almost at the point of being underneath a cow, which, you know, on, on foot probably is 1,000 pounds, 900,000 pounds, enough, enough uh, weight and force within that tail to knock you right off the little milk stool. <laughs> Thinking of Dad taking the time to teach me at five years old to milk a cow and be and not be afraid to do it and I'm thinking I'm thinking of you know my my grandkids you know um four and five years old Kingsley at six I can't even picture her sitting down beside a cow I can just imagine you know I'd have the feet tied and everything tied tail tied um but that was, that was the understanding was, you know, it was being taught. You can do it. You can do it. And uh, there, there's an affirmation that comes from that. You know what? You can accomplish in life. You don't have to be the best at everything you do. But if you give your best, that's all you can do. And it's a, a wonderful uh, attitude to build within children. So each child must receive positive influences from birth by the parents to shape the will towards the things of God while affirming their worthiness to God. So you're wanting to shape the will but not break the spirit. You know what? This is the direction you can go, and we're going to do this together, and I'm going to help you, and I'm going to teach you, and I'm going to show you. It's a, a worthiness. See, Jesus emphasized this concept to his disciples in Mark 10. He stated that uh, those who come to him must come with the same approach as a child would express. He's using this example of a child. A child, and he says, uh, 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 he said, then he took the children into his arms, laid his hands upon them, and blessed them. In verse 16, this was known as the, the bracha over them, or a blessing. He, he was teaching his leadership, his disciples, his preachers. He was teaching the ones that were going to lead the church. I'm going to show you how it's done. Take children up into your arms and bless them. Affirm to them. Let them know that they're worthy. That's why um, I think uh, children within a church are such such a rich commodity, a rich heritage, 
a richness to the house of God because children bring life. Bring life. I remember back a number of years ago, um, Miko had come to me and um, he had made a statement that he wanted to be more involved in the church. I think he was around the age of 15. And so I was excited about that. He was excited about being more involved. And um, we went down to the family room and we were going to have a a father-to-son chat, a pastor-to-son chat. And um, I would say he probably wasn't quite ready for everything that was going to happen in that conversation because his idea was he wanted to be more involved, which, which, which was a great idea. And um, then I started to express to him what I wanted him to do to become more involved. And I just said, Miko, if you, if you see someone coming to the door, go and open it for them. If you see someone walking across the parking lot carrying something, go out and carry it for them. If you see someone's child walking down the hallway, stop and talk to them. And I remember the look that came on his face. It wasn't exactly what he was expecting to hear. But he took it to heart. And God created a children's ministry out of his life because he took the time and stopped and talked to children and learned children's names and spent time having fun with children. And God created out of his life, which still is to today, a love for children here almost 15 years later, he's still doing children's ministries because he wanted to be more involved in the church, affirming to children that they are worthy, making sure, listen, taking them into the hand and blessing them just like Jesus did. See, we do not know for sure in what manner Jesus made this blessing over the children, but even in our present day, the Jewish custom is that every Friday evening at the dining table, The father of the family says to his sons, God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. And to his daughters, God make you like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. The father then places his hands upon their head and pronounces a blessing. That still happens to this day. There's something behind letting children know that you are supporting them. You believe in them. You know that whatever God has for their life, they can accomplish. And they can learn that right from a young age. Amen. Children progress at individual levels when it comes to their interest in biblical things. Uh, Not everyone is at the same understanding or same pace. Everyone progresses at different levels. It's important to allow each child to progress at their level. Yet parents must be intentional of creating the environment for individual growth. So even though every child has their own level, we as parents, grandparents, guardians, whatever the case might be, it is, it is our responsibility to be intentional, not just say, well, you know what, he's got, no, he's got no desire. No, we must be intentional of creating the environment to be able to uh, give people an opportunity to progress. A good way to start is allowing the children to become familiar with Bible stories on a daily basis and teaching children the importance of prayer in the morning, throughout the day, and in the evening. Additional parents may encourage musical capabilities. Children can learn many important things, including Scripture, through song. 
Uh, a lot of things can happen. It's incredible how fast a child can pick something up. The repetition of a child, they can learn so much quicker sometimes than adults. Uh, you can see that in our society today. Uh, the gaming industry, they, they've got it down pat. They understand the, 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 the t intelligence and the knowledge of children. I mean, they've they got children uh, with capabilities to do things that, I mean, I, I have no idea. You know, you're, you're driving cars off the road and off the cliff, and you're jumping, missing the, the, the spots where you're supposed to land. I don't know how to do all that stuff. Kids, I mean, they got levels and how far they can get and all. They, it's through practice that they learn through repetition. It's no different than learning the piano or learning to sing. or It's, it's about us being intentional in affirming them of what they can do. And so it's very, very important. Uh, so here's just some possible examples. Teach Bible studies, biblical principles such as creation, God's love, biblical miracles, moral truths. You can do that throughout the, throughout the Word of God. Every, every story in the Bible's got something that you can teach to your children and grandchildren through that story. Okay? Um, engage in morning and evening prayer and and even praying over meals and, and teaching a child how to do it. Let them repeat after you. Don't do a four-minute prayer where they can't figure out all the words and they don't know how to say what you're saying. Just, just make it very simple. God, I thank you for the food that we have today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let the child learn from a, an early age. Because what happens is they, they become part of, you're intentional of it becoming part of their lives. This is, this is the individuality of a child. Um, I remember the first time uh, Brother and Sister Chavis ever came to our house in Miramichi. And uh, these were new, new friends of ours, and we were trying to make it nice for them, and and uh, they, were, they came from North Carolina, and, you know, we're wanting them to enjoy being in New Brunswick. And my wife's done a beautiful meal, and, and our kids are young. And uh, you know what happens when your kids are young? You never know what's going to be done or said. So I asked Brother Chavis to say the blessing. And Brother Chavis said this nice blessing over the meal. And when he was done, Marissa piped up and said, that's the longest prayer that was ever prayed in this house. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, I needed to add extensions onto the blessings, I guess, after that. Uh, listen to children's songs and educational biblical videos and things that, that they can learn from and take take uh, information from. Listen, there's something about motion. Uh, watching something, it's incredible. So that's why it's so important what our children watch because they learn, they pick up, they memorize. Uh, connect Scripture to music. Um, when it comes to memorizing Scripture, there is no easier way to memorize than to, to learn it by song. Song. 
uh, allow children to play church while teaching important aspects. Listen, don't, don't, don't worry about a child playing church and, 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 you know, whether they're, you know, baptizing each other in the tub. They're, they're learning the aspects of what it's like to be in church. Now, there comes an age, obviously, um, you know, that they, they grow to greater maturity, but there's nothing wrong with them learning um, to uh, think they're standing behind the pulpit preaching or singing or, or playing or whatever. Let, let them learn the culture of, of being in the house of God, doing the things of God. There's wonderful aspects to that. Embrace their talents while teaching biblical principle. For example, a parent could help their child uh, bake some cookies for an elder, and this process could allow the child to learn kindness as well as respect for the elder. And um, I remember one time, again, uh, things happen, of course, with our kids. Um, someone had baked us a, this is back uh, when, when um, one of our children, I won't say which one it was, um, were young. Someone had baked us a nice tin of cookies. And um, they were good. And uh, they were all gone. They all got eaten. And um, the tin, from what I can understand, got passed back to the person by one of our children, <laughs> basically asking for a refill. <laughs> um, it's nice when you can teach the children the opposite way and say, listen, you know, we're going we're gonna to bake some, and we watch as our, our, as our girls would like to make cinnamon rolls and, and take them and and give them to elders, and, and it, it teaches them the, the awesomeness of being kind, obviously, but also the respect uh, of the elder. This is, these, are, these are just simple ways. These are not expensive ways. These are just things that can be taught to the children. The individuality of the child. Some children are great artists, and they, they can draw wonderful things or write beautiful poems or whatever. Encourage, encourage that from the child, the individual talents. Keep the right priorities. Children will follow what is a priority to the parents in all spiritual ways. Whatever is yours and my priority will become theirs. Now, you can't, you can't force and guarantee that for the rest of their life. But while they're in the training, you're going to lift up the priorities. They're your priorities. They become priorities of your children. And let me tell you something. Those never, ever leave the child, no matter what age they are. No matter where the child is spiritually, where the child is socially, where the child is uh, financially down the road, what you have taught as a priority will always be with that child. Um, absolutely crucial to keep the right priorities. Number eight, allow children to become part of your larger endeavors. For example, if you wanted to bless a, a needy family with some groceries, allow the child to participate. No matter how young, let it become part of the child's culture. This is going to uh, teach them. We, we did that for many years uh, with our young family when they were just little. 
we'd pick the family and we would show up uh, at Christmas time with, with um, bags of groceries. Just let the children see this is the blessing of what it's like to be a blessing. So not only will the child grow with individual strengths and abilities in the natural sense, but there will also be spiritual growth of strengths and abilities. This happens with the individuality of children. Let what God has placed in them, created in them, that will, let the will be shaped and the spirit not be broken. Um, I can assure you that in our three children, there was no one with a stronger will than Miranda. I have no hesitation saying who had the strongest will in our house. But you know what that strong will shaped did? It, it, it allowed her to do things that my wife, my other daughter would never do, ever. Okay. There's not a chance that Marissa would go to China and teach for two years. God would have to pick her up and transport her there. Never would happen. There's not a chance of my wife doing that either. <laughs> but God put a strong will in Miranda that allowed her to be able to do that. Um, strong will that kept her through university. A strong will that uh, that she's in leadership today. You say, well, you're bragging on your kids. Yeah, I am. I have no problem doing it either. Because you know what? It's not about, it's, it's not about breaking her spirit. It was about shaping her will. And what God can do through that, it's amazing. That's, I mean, there's, there's, there's women today that are so incredibly strong in their abilities for God and what they can do in the kingdom. That's not an accident. God created them that way. There's men today that have great leadership abilities and strengths in the kingdom. It didn't just happen. God created and that will was shaped and the spirit was not broken. Yet on the other hand, you see examples of people who um, maybe had a lot of things in life, maybe a lot of material things, a lot of uh, possibilities, a lot of connection, a lot of different things in life, but because their spirit was broken, they lived defeated, even as adults. It's so, so important to make sure that a person can have a gift of encouragement. For example, from a very young age, uh, if it's cultivated by parents and, um, and how, how that affects a person. You know, Dr. Jackson says the opposite is also true. Emotional, physical, sexual abuse, in addition to emotional and physical neglect, can cause catastrophic pain for many years or even a lifetime if not treated. Studies have also shown that the negative impacts of lasting pain can increase depending, <clears throat> increase depending on gender and racial differences, according to Dr. Jackson. This, this, all, this didn't start at 20. All of a sudden, someone didn't go off the rails. Okay? It's, it's 
what are we putting into our kids and grandkids and our, the children that maybe we have influence over in our, our Sunday schools, in the teaching of our schools, whatever the case is, very, very imp- important that a positive approach is, is given to the children that we have influence over. It makes a difference. I said even in a previous lesson that how, how uh, children are, are used at a young age can actually uh, affect their medical. Medical issues in the future can be affected. So um, as you see here with Dr. Jackson, uh, physical neglect and, and emotional neglect and all, all kinds of things can actually be such um, a detriment to a child's upbringing to be a positive outlook in life. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians, this is the scripture that we read, was highlighting that we are the Lord's workmanship. We are a work in progress from birth in the natural and a work in progress from the rebirth experience in the spiritual. Um, when, when the Bible talks and uses this word workmanship, this is not something that automatically just arises. This is a process. It's a process that happens in a person's natural life, and it's a process that happens in a person's spiritual life. Do you realize there is spiritual abuse? We don't like talking about that. Sometimes people don't even like admitting that. But there are people who are spiritually abused. Things that are happening in people's lives where they've been um, cast down for such a length of time, they don't feel like they're worthy enough to do anything in life. And uh, that's, that's just as inappropriate as any other abuse. So children are, can be sensitive to a moving of God's spirit from a young age. In, in past cases, it's been known that children have received the, the Holy Spirit from as young as four or five years old. So parents must be sensitive to the possibility. And I know personally that that's true. God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost at the age of five. It wasn't because of some, um, you know, superpower. No, no, it was parents that automatically were intentional about me having an opportunity as a child to be open to the presence of God. The atmosphere was created from a young age. Not all of a sudden, you know, this is some superhero in this. No, it had nothing to do with that. We were just ordinary people. Lived in an ordinary home who didn't miss church. And it was a priority. And, and prayer meeting was a priority. I got the Holy Ghost at prayer meeting. Not in some red-hot, fiery, you know, thumping service. No, it was a Saturday night prayer meeting. God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost at a young age. There was an intentional desire to say, you know what? This is the atmosphere we're going to cultivate. And you can't leave it to someone else to do. We, you, I, we do it for the people, the children, the grandchildren, the the, the ones that you have influence over. It is so important for us to be sensitive to the possibility of what God can do in a child's life. 
So here's some practical ways in closing to cultivate the individuality of children from a spiritual perspective, because this is, this is crucial. Um, encourage prayer. A good amount can be based upon the age of the child. For example, age three, three minutes. Age four, four minutes. You can't expect a four-year-old to pray for 20 minutes. It's not happening. It's just not happening. It's not even realistic. I mean, we have trouble with some adults getting them to pray for 20 minutes. Okay, so be realistic when encouraging prayer from a child. And if they want to pray for the dog, let them pray for the dog. It's all right. You know, it's, it's, they're, they're building up a faith. They're building up a faith. And, and what happens is there's a culture that's created. And you want to encourage prayer based upon, obviously, a reasonable amount of the, according to their age. Uh, children are brave to share about the Lord and invite others to church or to play church. Encourage such practice. Do you know that a child has no embarrassment about inviting someone to the house of the Lord? They'll invite anybody. Now, let me tell you what the key to that is. They'll invite people to church if it's fun for them. If it's not fun for them, they won't invite people. If church is a culture that they enjoy, they will invite their friends to come. Really, does it ever change? If you can't stand the church you attend, you're probably not going to invite anyone. If you have a culture that you can't wait to get to church, you enjoy being at church, you enjoy the presence of God, you'll want someone else to enjoy it with you. It's a culture that's created. And so, uh, remember, don't, don't discourage a child from wanting to pick up three friends along the way. Children will invite. Children will invite people to church, and, and uh, they'll play church. And they'll, they'll uh, listen, don't discourage that. That is, that is a, a great way to cultivate the spiritual perspective for a child in being their own individual. Allow children to ask questions concerning biblical things and obviously provide age-appropriate answers. You don't have to go off on some exegesis on some, you know, biblical, biblical interpretation of some passage or something. You don't, you, know, don't, you don't have to use words that they don't understand. It may be just a simple little story of, of, of what happened to the lame man when Peter and John prayed for him. And you're giving, you know what? They, they didn't have anything else to offer, so they only offered what they had, and that was Jesus. And when they offered Jesus, something happened to the, to the lame man's bones and his ankle bones, and something happened that he was able to leap upon his feet, and guess what? He wanted to go to the house of God first. You can make something very appropriate you don't have to go into all the um, depth of explanation or what happened or what could have happened. No, just let the stories of the Word of God, they're rich. They're rich, and they're full of biblical things. And so allow children to ask questions. Children, um, they have a lot of questions. 
They'll want to know where the stars come from, and they'll want to know why there's a, a moon, and they'll want to know why it gets dark, and they'll want to know all kinds of, of things about nature. And, all, and uh, listen, it, that, that's a wonderful way to explain to kids how awesome God is. Now, you're going to get questions that are going to be, they're going to surprise you at times. My goodness, I can't believe my four-year-old's asking me this question. And all of a sudden, you're going to take a step back, and you're going to think, oh, my goodness, uh, where are we going with this? Where did this come from? Where? And those are going to happen. But you want to go at an age-appropriate response, an appropriate answer. Number four, teach moral and wholesome values. A child always needs to be taught to share, to be kind, not to lie, not to steal. Those are, those are things that have to be taught. You, you know, you're not, you don't have to teach a child to steal. You have to teach a child not to steal. Uh, you don't have to teach a child to lie. <laughs> I mean, you'll, you'll figure out that at some point they may not be telling you the truth. You'll have to teach them not to lie. So you're teaching moral and wholesome values to your children. And... Um, I remember, I remember one time Miko came home from school and someone must have said a, this word at school and he heard it and it was a bad word and he had no idea what it meant. And my mom was at our house and she was knitting. And Miko said the word and he said, I know that sounds, I think that's a bad word. And he said it again and he said, I know I'm not supposed to say. And he said it again and my mom was knitting so fast by the end of it. Had to teach them, no, don't, don't say that. I, I wasn't home. My wife told me later. Um, I, I thought my mom was going to have a panic attack or heart attack or something. Uh, you have to teach children not to at times. Uh, it, it's, it's automatic how it seems like those are the things they remember. right? So you're teaching. And then last, last children have a simple faith. Build on simple faith. Never discourage a child's faith. Never. That's their individuality. If they believe God can do it, let them believe God can do it. Um, never, ever discourage a child's faith. And you say, well, you know what? Um, they don't understand uh, what they're saying. Let them have faith. Let them have faith. And the Lord gives us an example. It would be great if us as adults had the same faith as a child. And um, I'm sure there's lots of experiences in your life where um, maybe your children or, or children that you know did things, said things, and, and you look back and you say, oh, my goodness, uh, uh, I can't even believe that our child would say that or believe that or do that. Um, listen, never discourage a child's faith. If they believe someone can be healed, let them pray that someone's healed. A child's faith can make the difference. And um, I remember one time at a young age, I had asked Miko to pray for a lady, and I thought he was just going to say a prayer. I felt to ask him, and, and um, I thought, you know, after three or four minutes that he, he may have run out of things to pray. And it was like 12 or 15 minutes later, he was still praying. I didn't know whether to rescue him or the woman. All I know is when she went to the doctor on Monday, she didn't need an operation. 
So you know what? It's just simple faith. Simple faith of what God can do. Just let a child's faith be increased and never, ever discourage a child's faith. Yeah. If they believe someone's going to come to church and give their heart to the Lord, that's their faith. Amen. Oh, individuality of a child. Stand if you would. Um, shape the will, but don't break the spirit. You got a child that's got all kinds of energy and got a strong will as a child. You wonder, oh my goodness, what are they ever gonna, what are they ever gonna become? Don't don't think of that as a negative. Think of it as a positive. Can you imagine if that gets in the right direction? There is no telling what God will do through their life. It's incredible. Incredible. Uh, so uh, encourage, encourage a child, en- encourage your children, encourage your grandchildren. You can become everything that God wants you to become. God, I thank you tonight. Thank you for this wonderful church. And God, these wonderful families, God, and the children and young people, grandkids, and, and God, children, God, that are under the care of teachers and And, Lord, all different professions in this congregation, God, we have influence, God, that we can give as a positive influence to children's lives and young people's lives. And, God, I pray, help us to see the best in our young people and the best in our children. God, help us, Lord, to be intentional about about training their individuality as children, God, and shaping that will but not breaking their spirit. Help us, God, to be wise. Help us, God, to be loving. Help us, God, to be affirming. Help us, God, to be encouraging. Help us, God, to set boundaries that can be enforced. And help us to understand, God, what you're doing through their lives, God, that something powerful is going to take place through that child's life. Let your blessing be upon each and every person tonight. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.